0: This episode is dedicated to Johnny Nemo, a great artistic talent who is with us all too briefly. Previously on Starship Excelsior... You're Zero, wearing a Kinjali host body.
1: I am Tesserarius Janeth. What are you? I can sense you're Queen, so I know you're Zero. But you're talking with two voices and... I'm
2: not Zero. I serve the scions of the stars. So come on, let me save your
3: life. Hey, bartender! Sorry, soul's out till tomorrow. I'm a substitute. Name's Elrak Ovedan.
0: And now the continuation.
1: Isaac, we have to go.
0: I don't have the last code
2: word. I can't divert the explosion.
1: What? I thought you had all four. Look,
2: the computer's saying there's a fifth. Timely, committee, fury, honeybee, and and one more word. That star killer going to explode in less than a minute. Thirty-six seconds, pseudo. Great, even better. Pointy. What, Janet?
1: Pointy. That's the fifth word. That's what the quantum physicist was trying to tell us. Type it in.
2: It worked. The beam is diverting. The sun is safe. Uh but it's still going to blow up this warehouse, right? In 16 seconds. Run, Janet. Beta-5, close the portal behind us.
4: Affirmative.
5: (sighs) Ow. Ow! (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs)
2: That was amazing, Janet. Where did you get that last code word?
1: I told you. It's what the quantum physicist was trying to tell us.
2: Yes, but he died before he finished talking.
1: The first four code words? It was a line from that poem they read to us on the first night.
2: You remember the next word was pointy.
1: Well, no... But it scanned really nicely, so I figured... Gonna die? Worth a shot. Huh.
2: You are getting very good at this, Janet.
1: Just... don't want to die,
2: Isaac. Ah. <sighs> ah. Beta 5. Once again, you saved our lives.
5: Affirmative.
2: I'm grateful, old girl.
5: This installation's chronological date of construction post-dates your own... Point
2: taken, Beta. Janeth, before Viren sends us our next mission, I have a message for you from Triasa. Sudo, would you mind going dormant for a couple of minutes while we uh, talk? After what you put our party through for the past four days, I could use more than a few minutes, Isaac.
1: Good night, Janeth. Good night, Sudo. So, what's the big news? Are we waiting for our reverence, the Scion of the Stars?
2: No. I asked so I can tell you this myself. I want you to hear it from me, not from someone who turns my eyes silver, and only talks in my passive voice. Okay. Shoot. Well, over a year ago, when I first pulled you out of that escape pod on Paradon, you asked me to release you to a primitive planet where you wouldn't be able to tell your zero cousins about the Scions. The Scion Council denied that request, because you were too great a risk.
1: Technically, I've been your prisoner ever since. Not the best way to start a friendship.
2: I've been speaking to the council about you whenever I get the chance.
1: When's that?
2: Well, mostly when you're asleep. They're aware of how much you've helped me with my penance, how many lives you've saved in the past year. And they've... well, changed their minds.
1: (laughs) The head jobs changed their minds? Wow, you must have worked them. What do they say now?
2: They are prepared to parole you to an out-of-the-way humanoid world in the Gamma Quadrant. Tech level? Early industrial. They look like you. Like your host, that is. And you could live out a normal humanoid life there. Even get married. Have kids. They'd
1: be my host body's kids. Ferials. Genetically, anyway. The
2: point is, Janet, you would be free. The Scions trust you to be free. If that's still... Um... what you want, of course.
1: Did Triasa mention anything about... my dream?
2: Your what?
1: I dream the same dream every night. Every. Single. Night. Will that... go away? If I take parole?
2: He didn't mention it. What kind of dream?
1: A dream of... disobedience. It doesn't matter. What do you want me to do, Isaac?
2: It's not my decision, Janeth.
1: Can I think about it?
2: For as long as you need.
1: Then, what's our next mission, Supervisor One?
2: Actually, there's a special one for you today. Your first solo mission.
1: They really do trust me.
2: Well, it's not a very exciting mission. In fact, you'll be visiting some of my old stomping grounds in the United Federation of Planets.
6: The final frontier These are the voyages of the Starship Excelsior We are here to learn We are here to help We're here to build bridges with the people we find here To celebrate under stars we've never seen before Starship Excelsior A Star Trek fan production Starring Samuel Gillis as Captain Alex Lorok,
5: Kennedy as Lieutenant Commander Neva. Jacqueline Luca
7: as Kestrogenia. And Caitlin Stalenwork as Lieutenant Commander Yubari Asuka.
0: Starship Excelsior proudly presents The Unpardonable Sin by James Haynes.
7: Hey,
3: Barkeep. Can I get a Sumerian Sunset? Welcome to the Delta Lounge, Sylvest. Coming right up. By the way, Al, I I took your advice. Always smart. What about? New friends. Lieutenant Elbrin's doing something for breakfast. I auditioned. Good. Good? Well, better than another date with some poor girl who's...
6: Old Hans, this is your captain speaking. Starfleet has diverted us from our scheduled stop at Pacifica for a short mission. Aww. I know, but I can tell you Starfleet promised me a milk run. And we should still get to Pacifica tomorrow. Those of you who are sure leave on the Nobelian Sea don't have to cancel. Transporter room, prepare for passengers. Senior staff to the conference room. Lorock out. Well, I gotta go. Sly! Huh? Your drink!
0: I'm on duty. <laughs> You
3: heard the captain. It's Hall. and it's already on your tab. We don't use money in this century. Try telling that to my boss.
0: Fine. And bless you, Al, I actually needed this.
3: Just remember to bring the glass back. That
4: man ran out holding something that looked suspiciously like a Sumerian sunset. One for me and a tab for my guest,
3: please. Skipper Samantha Cox! Jesus H. Christ. Better. El Rack Ovedan, barkeep's assistant. <laughs> Please, grab a seat.
4: I knew you were going to be here, and I still didn't have a clue it was you. Not until you spoke.
3: Wow. Starfleet's plastic surgeons do pretty amazing work. They'd have to, for Admiral Parker to insert me back on my old ship.
4: You didn't give him much of a choice. Not after you burned down that monastery. Twice.
3: Hey, the second time was an accident.
4: And what am I supposed to call you?
3: My name's El Rakovdan. But Skipper, when you call me, you can call me El. Now, what brings you here, and what's your guest drinking?
4: Hi. Jan, this is El. We can't trust subspace. So, El runs messages between Parker, Underwood, and the others on our little committee.
3: And what's your pleasure?
1: Uh. Sam? They should have root beer. Ooh, I liked root beer.
3: One root beer coming up and I didn't catch your name.
4: Elle, meet Janeth. Ah. I've heard of you. She's on loan to us from Isaac and his, uh, friends.
3: What for?
1: Medical research. Something to do with my body. I mean, my original body. And they kept talking about something called the wasting? This woman on Earth named Melissa...
3: Say no more. I know Melissa.
1: I thought it was a common name.
3: But she's not a common woman. She didn't go easy on you.
1: She was... very kind. She also stabbed me a lot of times. Very kind, but very stabby. For science, right?
3: Huh. You coming with us to Pacifica, Skip?
1: Actually...
4: We, uh, couldn't tell you on subspace, L. Jan here is top secret,
3: but we need you to do- Admiral Parker wants me to come with you, doesn't he? The Sword of Damocles is falling, and Parker wants to risk my life to stop it. Never his, you'll notice. Yours, and now mine. Well, actually, there is a threat. I'll pack my bags. Oh, wait- I'm undercover. I don't have bags. You can brief me on the shuttle and I'll fix your sunset to go.
5: But...
4: Commander Masterson and I have it handled. We're heading out now. But Janeth might be recognized, so she can't come. And Isaac's not scheduled to pick me up till tomorrow, so... We need you to stay on the Excelsior with her.
3: Hang on! You're asking me to babysit that thing?
1: Excuse me? I'm not a larva. I can look after myself. Damn straight you can, Jan.
4: But you do tend to say things like, I'm not a larva. What's wrong with, oh, child? I'm not a child, whatever. And that sort of thing attracts attention, attention attracts questions, and questions attract rumors. And you're a bug parasite controlling the body of a dead teenager guild in a secret war whose exposure would trigger the apocalypse. So, we're playing it safe. L.
3: Okay, Skip. I'll keep an eye on Jan. But next time you have shore leave.
4: Fine. I'll let you take me to that cricket game you've always
3: wanted to show me. A match. It's called a test match. After everything Bolian's did for the galaxy in the cricket wars, you'd think You
4: can may- spare me the speech. I've heard it four times.
3: Yeah, but only from some guy named Al Cardovan. And who's he? I'm Elrakovdan, Ovdan and after everything <laughs> Bolians did for the galaxy and the
4: Cricket. I'm wars, leaving. I'll see you on Pacifica.
1: Well, Al, looks like I'm in your hands.
3: The skipper? She'd tell you anything about me?
1: Nothing. That you're blue? That you're friends?
3: Let's keep it that way. I've got something I've got to get done by tomorrow. Important.
1: How can I help?
3: Not really sure you can. One, it's secret. Two, it matters to a whole lot of people. It's got to be
1: right. That's every day with Isaac. I can do it.
3: Fine. I got to close up here. Grab a spanner and a modulator.
0: Several hours later,
1: These are hollow emitters.
3: I see you're as open as a flytrap.
1: Why in the Scions would you need to wire hollow emitters into a dabo table?
3: I told you, it's a secret. So stop guessing at it. You could blow up the galaxy asking questions like that.
1: Oh, come on. Whatever this is, it isn't the Sword of Damocles. Give me the phase coupler. Here. You've got us rewiring the entire Delta Lounge into half a dozen other ship systems. But nothing essential. No command systems. So I think you're just trying to save this ship. Not even a whole planet. But from what?
3: That's not good enough for you? What? Saving one ship. Not a planet. Not even a small town. One measly little ship. Just a thousand or so people. Not big enough stakes for Janeth the
1: bugger. I was just curious. What is your problem? Uh Uh-huh. You know, Melissa and I talked a lot in San Francisco. Uh Uh-huh. She told me some counseling terms. Uh Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of projection? What's that supposed to mean? You know exactly what I mean, Captain. A little resentful of all the adventures the rest of us still get to go on, are we?
3: You said she didn't tell you about me.
1: The Skipper didn't. Melissa, though? Melissa's an earful, Alcar.
3: My name is L.
1: It sure is now. Trapped in this dull little bar that looks like every other dull little bar, while everyone else gets to do the important work? We're
3: doing important work.
1: Right now. Isaac and I saved a stellar cluster last week. Government science experiment gone very wrong. Just us, five inhabited systems, and 23 billion civilians.
3: Cobalt, nobody's keeping score.
1: Aren't you? Because you've been taking it out on me all night.
3: You think I hate you because you get cooler adventures than me?
1: Oh, so you're just this rude to everybody.
3: No! I hate you because you're a Murderer. Now, do you want to help me with these hollow emitters or not?
1: (laughs) You're lecturing me about murder.
3: Not really lecturing, just stating a fact.
1: You hypocrite.
3: Really? For telling you the truth? I guess I wouldn't expect Brahms to be honest about murder.
1: Isaac has laid down his life in penance for his actions. What have you done?
3: I've never murdered
1: anybody, so... There were three billion of my people on Gavenon.
3: Stomping on monsters isn't murder, Janeth. Is that your excuse for Feriel? Was she a teenage serial killer or something? Look,
1: I can't undo what happened to Feriel. I have tried my best for more than a year to move on from her.
3: You're wearing her corpse. You can't move on from that.
1: I've been helping people ever since. What have you done?
3: Helping people? The only reason you aren't out there murdering more people is because Brahms, in order to soothe his own bloodied conscience, made you his pet. Complete with very short leash. You don't get points for helping people when your alternative is death.
1: What do we get points for, then? Your reverence? Slaughtering planets? Smuggling weapons? Starting wars? Or is it the lying to yourself about it that really tips the karmic scales? Do you still tell yourself there were no children on Gevanon?
3: I'm not accountable to you.
1: Thank you. Neither am I, you afterbirth. Need that phase coupler back.
3: I know you're lying.
1: What are you talking about?
3: Gevanon was a garrison world. There were no
7: civilians.
1: (laughs) So... The answer is yes, you are still telling yourself that. Seriously, though, give me the face coupler if you want this done.
3: Melissa told you about me in good faith, and you figured out a way to twist it against me, because you're literally a parasite.
1: Oh, how many bluegills have you met before today?
3: I thought you called yourselves the Zero.
1: We do, and I'll bet you don't even know why. Because before today, you'd never sat and talked to a Zero. You'd only massacred us.
3: Was Faye Riel trying to kill you? Wipe out your homeworld, enslave your family? Was she any threat to you at all?
1: I worked my entire life to earn a body. To get out of the nutrient pits. And I did it. Because I was the best. What do you think would have happened if I'd said no? Do you think Faye would be walking around free and easy today?
3: Faye? Was that her nickname? Did her friends call her that, or just her mom?
1: She would have been given to the next applicant. A worse applicant. Someone who would have wasted Faye's sacrifice.
3: Everything I know about her, I learned from the corpse I'm staring at. Did she like music? Sports? Eggs?
1: And I never would have been offered another body. Or I might have ended up in a dog, barking at strangers until my mind collapsed.
3: But you wouldn't be a murderer. Murderess? How do you gender a bug, actually?
1: Fine. Let the ship blow up, then. Keep your damn phase coupler. I'm going to bed.
3: Saving one little ship isn't enough for you after all?
1: I don't know what all this is, but you can do it yourself, Elle.
3: It's not about the numbers, Jan.
1: Then what is it about?
5: And get the Orion Cinnamon right this time, El. You're supposed to be a bartender. Sure, sure.
3: It's just, uh, was that Aldebaran or Sari and Brandy?
5: Mr. Often. the reason that the rest of this ship doesn't know exactly who and what you are is because Admiral Parker assigned me to prevent them from finding out, and I am a very good First Officer. But if you can't be bothered to learn the basics of the job that is keeping you out of that jail cell, where you belong, then so
3: help. Zorian! Right. Got it. Uh, your drink, Neva- I mean, Commander.
5: Hmm. Too much cinnamon. Mm. I'll live. I have to go check the preparations. Mr. Often?
3: Now, Skipper, since you're back...
5: What was that?
3: Uh, nothing. Niva and I... uh, Look, you're back. Let me try and fix you that Sumerian sunset from yesterday.
4: Properly? This time?
3: Hey, you were the one who walked out before I finished stirring.
4: If I hadn't left, I would have spent the whole drink listening to both of you whine at me. I loved my kids, Elle, but two toddlers was enough (laughs) Look, I'm sorry about last night
3: Oh, so you heard
4: In gory detail Look,
3: you can stop right there because I'm not apologizing for anything I said Okay, what'd you say? Wait, what exactly did she tell you?
4: In between long groans bent over the toilet Well, wait, what did you say to her? And did you say it before or after you started drinking? Drinking? Don't play innocent with me, Barkeep. Janeth was still blind drunk when I found her, and hungover. I'm supposed to give her back to Isaac in a few hours. What am I going to tell him?
3: Skipper, we were working.
4: Until you realized she didn't have the mechanical know-how to fix whatever you were fixing, and called a break. That's when the drinks came out. Like I said, she told me everything.
3: She did, huh?
4: I can still smell it on your breath, too. How heavily are you medicating that headache right now?
3: Quite a bit.
4: If you ever want Parker to let you off your leash. <sighs> if he hears about this, you'll be bussing tables until you're older than I am.
3: How old do you think I... Uh, and that's not what... Yeah, never mind. You're right damn straight. What were you working on anyway? Wait until Alex gets here and you'll find out. The ship's not in any danger, is it? I mean, in a broad sense, isn't it always?
4: That's not how Jan understood you. Hush,
6: he's here.
5: Kestra, hit it. Computer, lights down.
6: Kestra? Neva? Neva? I was Happy birthday to you, happy
3: birthday to you, happy birthday, dear
6: captain,
5: happy birthday to you.
6: I, uh, thank you, everyone, but, um, this... This isn't how Trills celebrate their natal day.
5: No, this is. Computer... Run program L1. Come see, sir. Trill tradition is to remember your dreams, so we built yours, as a holographic model.
6: I... This is... Is this my colony? The one I always wanted to build?
1: You can take a captain out of engineering, but you can't take the engineering out of the captain.
6: And what's this button here do? I,
7: uh...
5: Kestra? Uh,
7: um, that's not our button.
6: Well, one thing I've learned as Captain. Never leave a mystery button unpressed.
5: Whoa. Where are we? I think we're inside the model. This is Osomopolis Square.
6: How did you get this whole thing projected into the Delta Lounge?
5: Well, with the Dalatras Ambassadors on board.
6: Of course. You couldn't use the regular holodecks. But the Delta Lounge can't handle an immersive projection. Did you wire this up yourself?
5: Knash? Wasn't me. We. had help. Um, it was a volunteer.
6: Well, I can tell you're keeping the name to yourself for some reason, but thank her for me, will you? Whoever she is. This is incredible. And Kestra. Adal. Neves. I appreciate this from all of you. I really do.
3: There's my cue to slip into the stock room. Come on. Can I? Leo won't mind.
4: That's what kept you up all night. A birthday party?
3: For a friend. And for the captain. The ship needs him. If he doesn't get a little maintenance, you know what you end up with? What? Cranky nacelles. It sounded better when he said it.
4: Yeah, sure. Every skipper needs this from time to time.
3: Doesn't hurt to remind Neva I'm on her side every now and again, either. Heading down to Pacifica, then? Gonna try surfing? What will this be, attempt number five?
4: You want to find out? You'll have to see for yourself.
3: Ah, nuts.
4: Aren't you coming, shoreside?
3: Ah, uh, well, you know, Leo asked me to help out on the layover.
4: Yeah, I understand.
3: What? What are you looking for up on the ceiling?
4: Oh, just making sure there's enough sprinklers in here.
3: For what? For when you set it on fire. Like that monastery. Hey, the second time was an accident. Yep.
4: And I'll bet that's what you tell yourself when you light this place up, too. See you around, Elf.
0: In that episode of Starship Excelsior, Elrak Ovdan was played by Larry Phelan, Janeth, Mandy Kay, Isaac was Julian Bay, Skipper Sam Cox, Elise Crowley, Pseudo, Tom Barnes, Beta 5, Jan Green, Kina Shadow, Carla Bandetto, Helmsman, John Silvest, John Boz. Narrator, Mike Hennessy. Directed by Jim Magata, Executive Producer, James Haney. Post Producers, James Magata, Bob Hoplitt, Stephen Quinn. Mike Sorensen, James Haney. Artwork by Johnny Nemo. Theme song by Samuel Gillis. Full music credits at starshipexcelsiorcom slash credits. Transcript by Peter Stein. Special thanks, Alexandra Whitley, Nathan Pope, Kenneth Moody, and Gene Roddenberry. Please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use feedback really helps. You can join other Excelsior fans for discussion and speculation in the fan-run Facebook group, Starship Excelsior, a fan group.
7: And now, a word from some friends of the show. You love history, science fiction, and role-playing. What if there was a podcast that brought all these things you love together in a deep, dramatic experience you'll never forget? Enter the Twilight Histories, a campaign-style storytelling podcast that casts you as the hero. With the Twilight Histories, you will travel to exotic worlds spread across the multiverse. Some are familiar, others are totally exotic. You'll visit Egypt, locked in an ice age. You'll follow the Mongols across the American plains. You'll explore a terraformed Venus. Pick your adventure and experience a world out of time. The Twilight Histories was awarded one of Apple's Best of the Year and has been nominated for numerous awards in speculative fiction. Now, step on the platform and let's get you on your way. Let the Twilight Histories podcast carry you to a different world.
0: Star Trek and all related marks, logos, and characters are solely owned by CBS Studios Incorporated. This fan production is not endorsed by, sponsored by, nor affiliated with CBS, Paramount Pictures, or any other Star Trek franchise, and is a non-commercial fan-made audio drama intended for recreational use. No commercial exhibition or distribution is permitted. Starship Excelsior will return in Sodage.
6: This has been an Excelsior production.